When making a decision, you're going to be influenced by something or someone. This message is the sixth in the series, Wiser. The message is entitled, Wisdom to Guide Your Decisions, Part 2. Here is Pastor Dalo Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets, if you will, and we're going to continue on a series of messages entitled Wiser. I want to continue to talk this weekend about wisdom to guide your decisions, wisdom to guide your decisions. We're obviously into a brand new year. This is the second month, about the middle part of the second month of a new year, 2018, and before long, we'll be into the first quarter of this new year. As we've started together as a church family, we are focusing on becoming wiser. How do you and I gain wisdom for our life? And the reason that we're talking about wisdom is because wisdom, the Bible says, is the greatest thing that you can get in your life. In Proverbs 4, verse 7, we find these words, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. So the Bible says the most important thing you will ever get in your life is wisdom. Now, if wisdom is what we need to get, it's important to understand what it is. And I've been using a particular definition for wisdom as a part of this series. It's going to be on the screen for you again. I'd like to invite you to read it together with me, aloud and loudly. Let's read. Here it is. Wisdom is together the accumulation and possession of knowledge, truth, guiding principles, moral precepts, right values, proper priorities, good sense, and prudent judgment from God's perspective, and the ability to practically apply these to everyday life and decisions. I know that's a lengthy definition, but it's important to understand all elements of this because this brings together about everything the Bible says regarding wisdom. Wisdom is the accumulation, the possession of knowledge, truth, guiding principles, moral precepts, right values, proper priorities, good sense, prudent judgment, not from man's perspective, but from God's perspective and the ability then to take all of that understanding and apply it in your everyday life and apply it in your everyday decisions. And one of the most important places where you will need wisdom is in the decisions of your life, making decisions. Because if you want to improve your life, the only way you will ever make your life better is by making better decisions. Better decisions equal a better life. Bad decisions equal a bad life. Good decisions improve the quality of your life. And so it's important to realize that decisions are important, especially the life-altering, significant, major decision points that we come to. And so we're talking about how to do this, how to make good decisions in the wisdom of God. And last weekend, I started this journey with us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. So the Bible says, if you want to get, have God direct your path, you, know, you must do this. Trust in Him with all your heart. Deal with your trust issues. Don't lean to your own understanding. Realize that you're not going to understand everything. You need God's understanding in your life. And then acknowledge Him in everything you do. Put Him in His proper authority, His place of, of of, of significance in your life, and then God says, I promise you that I will direct your paths. Now, when God says, I will direct your paths, He's not simply saying that He will do that without our engagement. There are things that you and I need to do to be guidable by God. I not only want the promise that God's going to guide me, I want to be guidable. How about you? And to be guidable, there's some practical principles we have to learn and apply in life. 
some practical truths that we must understand. And so I'm going to help us to understand seven things that will make you guidable, seven things that you can do in your life that will get you on a journey to being guided by God, directed by Him. Now, we're not going to cover all seven of those today. You'll notice there's seven of them on your notes. I'm only going to cover three of them today, okay? So next weekend, we'll cover the remaining four. As I got into the message this week, I realized I just wanted to slow down a little bit and cover a bit more. Uh, How many know we've got some time just to work our way through these truths, right? So be back next weekend for the remaining portion of this particular message. But today there are three things I want to talk to you about that will make you guidable by God. Number one, to be guided by God, you have to start with yes. Start with yes. When I say start with yes, what I'm talking about here is a certain posture, a certain position, a certain attitude. If you're going to be guided by God, you have to start with this thing called surrender to God. It's not as simple as we often think of it being, but it's a very important part of your life. The starting point is saying, God, whatever you want me to do, even before you tell me what it is, my answer to you is yes. It's coming to that place in your life where you've put aside your wrestling with God and your fighting with God and your contention with God, and you've already made the decision that you're going to cooperate with God, whatever God ever asked you to do in your life, you're not going to fight with Him. Your answer, before you even know what the, what the direction is, what is your answer going to be? Yes. Why is this important? Because it puts you in a position for God to guide you. If God is always having to wrestle with you and try to overcome your objections to His will, it's going to be a tough journey for you. And I see many people who wrestle their lives through with God, and they never come to the place of cooperation. And so to be guidable, you start with yes. You make a decision inside that I'm going to say yes to God. The reason this is important is because anytime you make a decision Every decision in your life will be influenced by something or someone. You never make a decision in your life without some influence. That influence may be your own self. You talk yourself into doing something. You guide yourself along a journey. It might be the influence of other people. It might be the influence of a circumstance. It may be the influence of God. But you have an influence over every decision in your life. And the most important influence needs to be the influence of God. What is God's will for my life? And whatever God's will is for my life, what is my answer? My answer is yes. Even before I know it, my answer is yes. There are many places in the Bible that help us to see people who lived this way. And there are many places in the Bible that show us people who didn't live this way. I want to illustrate a few examples of people who did. I'll start with a man by the name of David, king of Israel. He was the second king of Israel. We talked about him recently. Let me tell you about an event or a couple of events, events that happened in his life and how he had this position, this orientation of wanting God's will and saying yes to God's will. Right after David became king of Israel... Uh, the Philistines, who were enemies of Israel, decided to attack David and all of Israel's army. Now, of course, that was not unusual. Anytime a new king came on, many times that king would be tested by the enemies around to see what kind of resolve that king would have against those enemies. And so this is the kind of thing that occurred. So the Philistines were coming against David. And generally speaking, most kings would have initially just gone right to battle without thinking much about it. They would have engaged their troops and and fought a war immediately. But David didn't do that. Before David went to battle, the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 5 that David went and he inquired of the Lord. He asked of God, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to fight this battle or not? And God gave him the answer. The answer was, David, I want you to go and fight this battle. I'm going to give you a victory. And David's response was, 
Yes, he went and did it. He did what God asked him to do. After that battle was won victoriously by David and Israel's army, it was not long after that that the Philistines decided to attack again. Now think about this for a moment. This is the second time the very same thing has happened. The first time, what did David do before he fought the battle? He went to God and asked him. Now here's the second time. It would be very likely that David would just assume that God told me yes the first time. It must be yes the second time, but it was not so in David's life. He had this position of saying, I only want to do God's will. And 2 Samuel 5, 21 says this, and again, this is on the second occasion, again, what did David do? David, read with me, he asked the Lord what to do. Instead of assuming that he knew what to do, he asked God what to do. And you can read the story in 2 Samuel chapter 5, and the second time around, do you know what God told David? God told David, don't fight the battle. He said, I'll fight the battle for you. Dear ones, let me tell you something. Never assume that every circumstance is exactly the same. In every decision you make in life, who should you consult first? Go to God. Ask God. God, I want to know your will. I want to know what you want me to do. And my position before you is whatever you say for me to do, whatever instruction you give me, my answer has already been determined. Whatever you say to do, I will do it. My answer is, say it with me, church. Yes to God. Start with yes. Jesus said that yes is the beginning point of prayer. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. He says, this then is how you should pray. He's giving us a pattern for prayer. He's saying, I want you to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And notice the first thing that we pray about in this prayer Jesus taught us. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, if you want to pray effectively, it starts by being in this position of saying yes to the will of God, wanting God's will, wanting God's guidance in your life, saying yes, even before you know what the direction is. Jesus lived this way himself. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He's facing the cross the next day. He's going to be crucified. He could have walked away from that. He could have said no to the Father's will, but instead, knowing what he was going to face, he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, and this is what we read in verse 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but read the rest with me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Are you living your life like that? If you made a decision in your life, Lord, I may have some things that I want, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. My answer to you, God, is always yes. I want your will. James 4, 13 through 15. James the Apostle says, now listen, pay attention to this. You who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. He says, Hey, pay attention. You guys are making all these plans for your life. And then he says in verse 14, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. What is James saying? James is saying that all of our plans need to be subjugated to the plans of God. The most important thing in your life is, do you want Do you desire the will of God? Have you laid down your fight with God? Is there already a resolve inside of you that says, whatever God asks me to do, my answer is yes. I'm no longer fighting with Him. 
Let me just speak for a moment. If there's someone here today that you've been fighting with God about something, first of all, it's great that you're here today. You made the right decision by being in God's house today, okay? And God just wants to remind you that the reason He wants you to say yes is because when you say yes to God in your life, you're saying yes to the best for your life, amen, okay? Anytime you say yes to God's will for your life, you're saying yes to the best for your life. It's not God is never restrictive. God is never trying to make your life miserable. God is always trying to make your life better. And the only way he can improve your life is when you cooperate with him. When you're fighting him, you're missing the best that he has in store for you. The second thing that's necessary, if you're going to be guidable by God... If you're going to know God's will in your life, you have to check what I'm calling here the life manual. Check the life manual. Anytime you get a piece of new equipment or maybe a piece of new software or anything that, that, uh, that you're trying to utilize, a product that you're trying to utilize, usually it comes with some kind of instruction manual. And the instruction manual uh, was written by, for that product, was written by the creators and the developer, developers of that product. And the reason they wrote it for you is so that you could get the most out of it, right? If you study the instruction manual, you realize all the, the, the different nuances of the product, how you can use it, what it's supposed to do and not supposed to do, and the most effective way to get the most out of it. Well, when it comes to our relationship with God and guidance from God, God has given us an instruction manual. I call it the life manual, and the life manual is your Bible. And I hope that you'll begin to think of this book called the Bible as nothing more, well, I don't want to say nothing more, but as God's instruction manual for your life. God loving you enough to give you a manual that will show you how to live. And as God says, this is what I want you to do, and I didn't sort of leave you on your own to try to figure it out. I gave you something written down by the Holy Spirit that's been passed on generation after generation that you and I can count as being valid and true and accurate. This is God's Word to us, life instructions. It's been said that the Bible, I love this little acronym here, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, is what we might call basic instructions before leaving earth. There you go. What you need in your life right now is some basic instructions before you leave this place so you'll be ready for that place. Amen? Because this life is not all there is, okay? So the Bible is designed to get you everything you need in this life and prepared in this life so that you're ready for the next life. And remember this, this life is short. You may live 100, 110 years, but it's still short. It goes very quickly. How many of you, it feels like it was just yesterday when you were 15, right, okay? And all of a sudden you're 50 now, okay, or 40 now, or 35. How, where did time go? Because time runs past very quickly. And so life is very fleeting. And so we must understand that this life is not all there is. There's something that is to come. We need to get ready for the life that is to come. And the Bible is your basic instruction manual before you leave earth. It gets you ready for heaven. And in the Bible, there are three things that you find throughout the pages of Scripture that will give you guidance in your life. The first thing in the Bible are the precepts of God. Would you say that with me? The precepts of God. What is a precept? A precept, very simply, is a law or a command or a directive. It's when God very clearly says, do this, don't do that. 
And when God gives you a law, a command, or a precept, you don't have to pray about it. You don't have to think about it. You just have to do it. When you see God's precepts, what should your answer be to God? Yes, okay? Whatever you say, God, if this is your law, your command, your directive to me, I'm going to do it. Not going to talk about it, think about it, or, or debate about it. I'm going to do it. For example, we all know the Bible says, thou shalt not steal, right? And so if you have the temptation to steal, to go rob a bank, you don't have to pray about it. You don't have to call somebody up and say, you know, I'm thinking about robbing a bank. What do you think? No. God's already said, I'm using that as a silly illustration, but there are many things in the Bible that are laws and commands. God's law is, Jesus said, this is my command, love one another. And so you don't have to pray about being loving. You just need to be loving. Amen? Okay. You don't have to pray. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, you, you do what God says. The Bible says, forgive those who sin against you so that you'll be forgiven by the Father in heaven. You don't have to pray about, should I forgive that person or not? No, you forgive them. Why? Because it's a precept of God. It's a very clear law or command that God's given you. And if you're going to live in the will of God, you need to obey the precepts of God, the laws or the commands of God. And when you do that, you're living in God's will. Every time you obey one of His directives, one of His laws, one of his commands, you're actually doing the will of God through your obedience. Amen? The second thing you're going to find in the Bible are principles, okay? Not everything in the Bible is a precept or a law. Sometimes they're principles. And what I call these, or maybe we might call them as wise uh, life instructions, we might say, okay? These are the kind of things that help you to have lessons for your life, to know how to live a certain way. For example, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. If you're a Christian, don't yoke up with someone who's not a Christian, okay? Well, what does that mean? Let's look at the principle. It's not just a precept, it's a principle. It's a principle that applies in marriage. You shouldn't marry someone that doesn't share the same faith as you. It's a principle for business. Don't go into business with someone who is not sharing the same kind of values that you have and faith that you have. There's a, there are ways that we can link up with people that we shouldn't do so. There is a principle that we broaden out into a variety of realms of life that will give us direction about making decisions. So principles guide you. For example, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, before Jesus went back to heaven, he gave this command to his disciples. He said, stay in Jerusalem until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8 says, when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So first of all, Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem. And when you stay here, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit comes... You're going to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the, the world. Now, let's, let's draw the principle out of that. Now, we don't live in Jerusalem, do we, right? No, you live in Olney and Gaithersburg and Germantown and Clarksburg and all these places. So we don't even live in those places. So how does that verse apply to us? The principle applies to us. The principle is we are to wait on God that He would fill us with the Holy Spirit. And then when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you live in Gaithersburg, you ought to start being a witness in Gaithersburg. That's your Jerusalem. Amen? And then you go to Germantown. You spread out a little bit because now my witness is spreading to the neighbors around me. And then it moves beyond 
beyond us. And so that's the principle that we apply. And so when you're reading your Bible, look for the precepts of God and look for the wise life lessons or instructions that you can broaden out that will help you to make better decisions in a variety of realms of your life. So precepts and principles, the third thing you find in the Bible are promises. Let me show you here. Watch this. When you open up your Bible every day, you start to read your Bible each day. You need guidance from God. Amen? You need to know, what does God want me to do? Correct? What does God want me to do? Because if I do what God wants me to do, that's my best life. Correct? With me here? Okay. So what does God want me to do? So I'm going to open up my Bible, and how am I going to know out of all these pages, how do I even know what God wants me to do? I don't know. What does that mean? Okay. How do I know what God wants me to do? Well, I start with, what do I start with? What's the first point today? Yes. Not a trick question, okay? So I open the Bible and I say, God, I don't know what you're going to speak to me today, but I've already decided before I even open the Bible, whatever you say to me today, my answer is yes. Whatever you want me to do today, how you want me to live today, my answer. So I approach my Bible reading with yes, okay? And then I start reading. Maybe I'm reading Isaiah 57, where I'm open here. Maybe I'm reading Matthew chapter 3. It just could be wherever you're reading in your Bible that day. Then you begin to read and say, okay, God, as I'm reading this, would you show me, help me to see any, any precepts that are here, any laws or thing, commands that you want me to obey? And if you show me any precepts or commands, my answer today is going to be yes. And God, if would you also show me any principles? Are there any things here I'm asking you to help me to have wisdom? Give me some principles here that I can understand. Speak to me in a way that I can understand something about how I'm supposed to live and a principle that I can build my life on. And God, I, I promise you that whatever principle you show me, before you even show me, God, I promise you my answer to you is going to be yes. Okay. And then God, show me promises. What's a promise? A promise points you to your future. It gives you something to hold on to in times of trouble. Amen? It gives you a foundation to stand on when life is hard or when you're looking for what you need for your life. God says, I want to just drop a little promise in your life that you hold on to. And so, God, I'm going to look in your word. Lord, today, would you show me a promise? I'm a big believer that you ought to seek a promise from God every day for your life. Amen? Look for something that's a promise for you in your life. And God, whatever promise you speak to me today, my answer is going to be, what's the word? Yes, I'm going to believe your promise, going to obey your precepts, I'm going to obey your principles, I'm going to believe your promises. My answer to you is yes. Make the decision that you're going to follow life instructions, the life instruction manual. Here's the last point I'd like to share with you today. The third element of being guidable by God is to make sure that you get the right information. Okay? When making important decisions in your life, you need information. Now, as I talk about this, let me bring you back into where we were last week. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then the second thing, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. So that, that second element, lean not to your own understanding. When God says lean not to your own understanding, He's not telling you not to use your understanding. He's saying lean into my understanding first. There'll be things you'll never understand. 
There'll be things that I'll do in your life that will not make sense to you, but I still want you to trust me. But there are also things that you need to understand. There are things that God gave you a brain between your ears. Anybody thankful that you have something between your ears that helps you think, right? And what your brain is designed for is to help you process information. You need information to make good decisions in your life. And God never expects you not to utilize your thinking. He wants you to use your brain when you're making decisions. And as you think through and gather information, that information needs to be filtered through God's precepts, God's principles, and God's promises. I'll explain it to you this way. I'll give you three examples of this. Let's talk about something that maybe some of you here today have gone through or are facing in your life right now. Let's talk about a single person who's wanting to get married, okay? And they're looking for someone to marry, and they're trying to figure out, who does God want me to marry? Who's the, who's the person, the spouse for my life? And so I've talked to people before, and they're struggling. Oh, I don't know what is who God, who God has me to marry. How am I supposed to know the right person? I mean, is God going to come out somehow right in the sky, marry Joe, or what is he going to do? I don't know. What am I supposed to do? How do I know stuff like that? And I said, well... First of all, understand that when you're getting ready to spend the rest of your life with someone, it's important that you get as much information about them as you possibly can. The first question I would want to know is, does Joe have a job? Okay. Amen? Okay. Amen? Right? Okay. Are you with me here? Okay. Let me know that makes a lot of difference. Okay. Number one, does Joe have a job? Okay. Or am I going to have to support him for the rest of his life? Okay, that's number one, okay? Number one is to, so that's like, that's using your brain, okay? There's nothing wrong with that, okay? The second thing I want to know is, where's Joe in his faith life, okay? Does Joe share the same kind of faith that I have, or, or does he have a different approach to life? And then, not only does he have a faith in Jesus, but does he have the same value system that I have? Is he's going in the same direction I'm going with my life? Does he have the same set of priority, priorities that I have? It's not just about whether Joe is good-looking or whether Sally is really hot. It makes no difference, because let me tell you something. No matter how good-looking he is and how good-looking she is, both of them are on the way down. Okay. This is the best it's going to ever be. Okay. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror recently? Okay. Every day you're going down. Okay. Right. So if you you marry for looks, just be aware they're not going to stay around. Okay. Nor will yours. Okay. And so there are a lot of people. Oh, I'm so attracted to that person. I just feel all these things when I'm around them. Let me tell you, you ain't going to feel them about three months from now. Okay. Okay. Amen. All you married couples say, amen. amen, okay? It's just not going to happen. The fireworks stop, okay? And so if you don't have something beyond that, you're going to be in really big trouble. So does Joe, does he have a job, okay? Does Joe, does he love Jesus? And how much does he love Jesus? Is Joe going in the same direction I'm going with in my life? What are the priorities of Joe's life? And I got to know this kind of stuff. I got to learn, I got to get this information. And then I filter it through God's precepts and God's principles and God's promises. And then I say, does Joe filter through all of this, okay? Because sometimes what happens is you start filtering Joe through this, and by the time you look at his life and whether he lives according to the precepts of God, you've already disqualified him as a candidate to marry. Amen? Are you with me here? So these become filters for God. This is how you make good decisions. 
Here in our church, we have something before we marry folks, we, we send them through a, a course called Preparation for Marriage. It's somewhere between 8 and 13 weeks. I think it's about 8 weeks now. Is that what it is? 8 weeks now? And so for 8 weeks, we make them really get to know each other. We make them learn something about each other's personality and find out. And you know, it's a pretty good thing to know something about somebody's personality, how they handle stress, how they deal with all kinds of things. Why don't we do that? Because one of our goals is to help them break up. We don't tell you that, but that's the truth, okay? Because we'd rather you break up now than break up later, amen, okay? We'd rather you go through eight weeks and find out, I don't really like this person, okay? Well, that's good to know now rather than later. And, and so those that do make it through, it's kind of like boot camp. If you make it through, you probably have a good chance of making it, all right? But that's just, see, if you're thinking about getting married, don't you even dare think about getting married without going through something like that training class. You need preparation for marriage, amen? You need to make good decisions about this kind of stuff in your life. Let's talk about a second category of utilizing these principles and getting, gaining information. That's in the area of taking a new job. How do you know that, let's say you have a job offer, how do you know that that job offers for you? Should I take this new job or not? Well, let's get some information. What is the information? Well, number Number one, uh, why are you going after this job? A lot of people take a new job for one primary reason alone, and that's this right there. Okay? That's the only thing that motivates them to get a new job. I'll make more money there. Well, you might make more money there, but you might, that, that money may drag you away from your relationship with God. That environment that you're going into may be detrimental to your relationship with God. You better learn some things about the values of that, co that company. You need to learn something about whether you're a real fit for that company or not. You need to learn something about the culture of that company so that as you're engaging in that, you can say, I can add value here, but not compromise who I am as a person. Person. Amen? So you, do, you get some information, and that information is then sieved through the precepts of God, the principles of God, and the promises of God, because if all you're after is money or prestige or position, let me tell you something, you can have all of that and be miserable, okay? Let's talk about another area, major purchases in your life. You get ready to buy something that's going to cost you a lot of money, New car, new house. How do you know what God's will is for those kind of things? Well, you do some practical information gathering. First of all, let me give you something. Are you ready? Here's a duh. Look at your budget. Okay? Amen? Because if you look at your budget and you're about to buy a $1,500 a month car payment and you don't have the money in your budget, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be stressed out. There are people that go around buying all kinds of stuff in their life, and, and it'll, it'll affect your time because you're running around taking care of all the stuff that you bought, and you don't have any time to serve God because you're running around taking care of all your stuff, or you've got something that you purchased, and now you're head over heels, and you say, I'm in debt, and I can't give anything to God because you know what? I'm so stressed out. You know, some folks are driving around on their tithes. Ooh, it got real quiet right there. Okay? Are you hearing me? Come on, church. Because they didn't stop and say, wait a minute, how's this going to affect my life, okay? 
Let me sieve this through the precepts of God and the principles of God and the promises of God. And how does this really work in my life? And, and we get to a place oftentimes we, we buy stuff and then we are, we're, we're, we're slaves to what we purchase, okay? Slaves to the debt it gets us into and we'd be better off just to back up. Now, if you can afford it, okay, that's fine. But be aware of the things that impact your life. I've got a little quote here from Dave Ramsey. It's on the screen. I'm going to ask you to read it together with me. Let's read together. Are you ready? Are you ready? We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Right? Okay. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Okay. I just think if you just stop for a moment in your life and you're about to make a big decision, you get some information that you then bring through the filters of God's precepts and God's principles and God's promises. And if they pass through all of those sieves, then it gives you guidance to the decision that you need to make. Look with me at the last verse here that you're going to find there on your notes. Proverbs 18, verse 13. I love this. Read together with me. What a shame. Yes, how stupid to decide before knowing the facts. Interesting that the word stupid is there in the Bible, right? Okay. <laughs> What a shame, yes, how stupid to decide before knowing the facts. So what are, what are the lessons? Do you want to be guidable? We're, in, we're talking about wisdom here. We start with yes. We consult the life manual in God's word. We find precepts, principles, and promises. That's what we build our life on. This is, these are the guiding elements of our life. And then as we go through life, dealing with a variety of situations where decisions are needed, what do we gather? Information that we filter back through the precepts, the principles, and the promises of God that will help us to make wiser decisions in the way we live and the things that we do. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity this morning to study your word. We're grateful for the word of God. We ask that you'll take this and uh, help us to live it, Lord, in our lives. Help us to have a position of yes with you always. Help us to dive into your word and allow the, the precepts and the principles and the promises of God to be alive in each one of us. Lord, bring revelation of that to us. And Lord, help us to use our minds in the way that you've designed them to be used and filter what we learn through these truths. We ask it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.